Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, fellow Creative Control listeners. My name is Mac Cameron. I live in Toronto, and I have been listening to Creative Control with Vish Khanna since episode 119. That featured all five members of one of my favorite bands, Constantine's. I listen backwards from there and then forwards, and I know it sounds, you know, over the top or cliche, but finding the show changed the course of my life. It inspired me to pursue a career in radio and to do what I can to support the arts in my community and across the country. So I give to Creative Control because I feel like I owe the show and Vish uh, for helping me figure out what the hell to do with my life. Beyond that, I give to Creative Control because I think independent media, especially insightful, entertaining, thoughtful, and thorough independent media is something that is worth paying for. What I appreciate about Creative Control is Vish's ability to treat Canadian artists, or any artist for that matter, with the seriousness and appreciation he would any other artist. His excellent rapport with people like Steve Albini and the members of Fugazi and Stephen Malcolmus and others have earned him international appreciation. However, it's his trove of interviews with what I consider to be the most exciting generation of Canadian musicians, conducted out of genuine passion and interest, that makes this show so special. I think it is an archive of some really exciting music that is way, way underreported on and appreciated. That's why I contribute to Creative Control with Vishkana, and I hope you will do the same. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Ice Cream is a remarkable pop rock duo based in Toronto, Ontario. Comprised of high school friends Carlin Bezik and Amanda Christ, Ice Cream's new album is called Fed Up and is one of the boldest and finest records of 2019. Carlin and Amanda met with me at their practice space in Toronto recently, and we discussed their unique upbringings and explorations of ballet, the culinary arts, and fine art, their relationships with Max Turnbull and their shared band with Max, Darlene Shrug, how they got into music in the first place, what it's like being women in the music industry, and the lyrical themes on Fed Up, and much more. A part of the E1 Podcast Network with the support of listeners like you, 
who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creativecontrol, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 510th episode of Creative Control, featuring Carlin and Amanda from the excellent band Ice Cream, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. How's it going? Good. Good thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are ice cream? Yeah. That's right. That's a Googleable name, first of all. Yeah. Do you regret naming your band ice cream? I have to get that out of the way. In terms of search <laughs> engine optimization, yes. In terms of like just a name, absolutely not. Okay. It's a, an amazing name. It's a great name. Yeah. Uh, it's delicious. It, yeah. Particularly this day and age, I really like... I don't know why I said this day and age. Ice cream's been around a long time. <laughs> but for me, I love ice cream a lot right now. I don't know why. Mm. It's popular, I mm. think. I'm going to get you each to introduce yourselves one at a time so that the people listening can, you know, get used to your name. And we don't know each other very well. We've met here and there. So it'll be a nice introduction for all around. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start with you? Well, my name's Amanda. <laughs> I'm from Toronto. And I play in a band called Ice Cream. I'm familiar with this band. It's a delicious sounding <laughs> name for a band, if I might say. Amanda, it's nice to formally meet you in an interview context. Yes, definitely. You Thank too. You. Yeah. And you? I am Carlin Bezik. I'm also from Toronto, and I'm also in a band called Ice Cream. This is working out so well. I haven't screwed up my <laughs> calendar. It would be weird if you were in different bands. Yeah. Mm. You kind of screwed up, Fish. <laughs> so uh, let's begin by, I, well, the other thing I wanted to ask is what you do in Ice Cream. So, Carlin, what, what do you do in Ice Cream exactly? Um, I sing and play guitar, play some keys, and program some beats. Beats. Is that a thing you learn to do yourself? Uh, Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Seems to be a lot of that going around. People, you know, we. I, I grew up when you, you had guitar lessons or drum lessons or mm-hmm. you, you figured it out yourself. But the uh, mystification of technology, I think, baffles people like me. That the kids today, you know, they're mm-hmm. going on YouTube and learning how to make beats. Is that what you did? Well, we use like a drum machine. Like we both program the beats like using the drum machine and drum machines are pretty easy to figure out like not not for me i don't i mean i it's it's complicated i think no i know they're they are fairly intuitive yeah Yeah. like i mean it depends on the drum machine but um and yeah most like most daws have like drum machines in them that are like somewhat like it's a lot similar very similar to just like an actual physical drum machine so it's easy to just like move that knowledge to like a like Ableton or something, you know? All right. Do you know how to play a physical drum kit? Uh, no, I could play one 
beat right that i'm actually like really proud of which is the reason why i mentioned it and i regret that because like actually i can't play drums what's the beat is it a specific song beat uh it would just be like your basic oh okay your basic rock beat there's a time when you play guitar or in any instrument sometimes if you learn another person's song early that -hmm. becomes your your foundation Mm -hmm. so if you learn like the nirvana beat for let's say scentless apprentice You'll just be like, that's, I figured it out. Now that's, it's somehow, it's always there and mm-hmm, it always mm-hmm, shows mm-hmm. up. So I just wondered if that's what you meant, but no. No, but that, I, that does exist in my guitar playing though, I oh. would say. Is there, what's, is there a riff? Is there a, a song? Uh, like probably like a million like Jimi Hendrix riffs oh, cool. are just like locked in there. He's, I mean, well, or just like blues rocks riffs, riffs actually, like, which is semi-embarrassing sometimes like my kind of like muscle memory go-to can just be like a real like something on a blues scale like well Jimi hendrix was a master of the blues rock he that's was true very good people think he was good yeah they still think he's good <laughs> he's been gone a long time yeah they say he's the best he's the best okay i appreciate the the background there mm-hmm. amanda what about you uh what do you do in this band and, and how did you start doing it well in uh ice cream I play a Moe Brogue, primarily, and I have a what, what is that? mini cord. It's an old synthos, synth, old. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old. <laughs> it's like a retro synthesizer. Oh, okay. Yeah, like early 80s, I think, seven, okay. late 70s. Yeah. and that's, that's your primary thing? Yeah, I play that and a mini Korg. Okay. That's my stack. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I sing as well, program some beats with Carlin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's you two. You are mm-hmm. ice cream. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you play with other people? Sometimes. Like in a live setting, is it, are there other people involved? Yes, sometimes, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the people? Would we know some of the people? Um, well, on the record, you can hear Kyle Knapp of the band Delilah playing saxophone. And so he's played with us live before. Um, but we also play with Aaron Fogel, who um, runs Venus Fest and has a band called Queen of Swords. She'll play saxophone with us sometimes. Oh, yeah. And at our release show tomorrow, we're also being joined by Scott Hardware, who's going to be playing some additional keys for us. Is is he of the um, Fergus Ontario Hardwares? Uh, I'm just making that up. That can't be his last name. His name is not Scott. Really? Scott Hardware? That's the name he came up with? That's a made-up name. (laughs) Well, his last name's Harwood, so it's like kind of close. I mean, there's wood at a hardware store, and Mm -hmm. it's hard. I mean, it's hard to make so that we can all agree. That's why it's called Hardware. Okay. All right. So it's ostensibly you two doing this. Mm -hmm. And and how did you two meet, first of all? You both said you're from Toronto. Let's go to Amanda. How did you meet? Well, we went to the same high school. We went to an arts high school together in North York. Um, we were different majors. I was in dance. Carlin was in art. What um, school was this? This sounds like it's a... called Earl Hag. Oh, yeah. would I know any other uh, alumni? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. there's Max Turnbull. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Simone TB. Simone TB didn't go to oh. the school, but oh. we did meet her at that time. Yeah, she was at the other art school. Rosedale. Oh, that's right. You know, I sorry, I didn't mean to interject. You two also play, in a, we haven't talked about this yet, but you play in a band called Darlene Shrug. Yes. Mm-hmm. That I, I love very much. And uh, Max and Simone were both on this show mm. when you put out the last Darlene Shrug record. So I got their whole history and I didn't even know that they were childhood friends. Like I knew they had been in bands a long time, but now that you 
I'm not disputing what you've said. When I think back on it, yeah, different schools, but bond. They have a bond. Mm-hmm. And did you know? So you knew Max in school. Is that what you were saying, Amanda? Yes. Okay. Okay. And so, arts school, basically. Mm-hmm. How did you end up in an arts high school? This, this to me is. Was this a willful decision by your parents? Is it a school catchment thing? It, well, I danced my whole life, and I was in a professional ballet school in Belleville for like grade seven and eight. So, Belleville. Yes. This is a suburb outside of Toronto. Yes. Oh, it's not, is it a suburb even? It's really far from Toronto. It's a small town. Right, right, right. Yeah. Up the highway. Totally. What, an hour and a half from Toronto? <laughs> two hours? I feel like. It's almost like three, eight, three, yeah, two and a half. Okay, yeah. It's a, it's a, I drive fast. Okay. <laughs> I know I was late for our meeting today, but I, I tend to drive fast. I'd be there two hours tops right. from Toronto. Anyway, you're from Belleville? Is that what no, you're saying? No, oh, I'm from here, but the, the school, um, it was like... A, an auditioning process. Oh, wow. It's like basically if you don't get into the National Ballet School, you go to the Quinty Ballet School. Okay. Not to put them down in any way whatsoever. <laughs> it was a great school. I had a great time. So there. you didn't get into the National Ballet no. School. You got My twin the... sister did. You have a twin sister? I do. Oh my gosh. She got accepted to the National Ballet School, but she didn't want to go without me. So we both went to the Quinty Ballet School. But couldn't one of you have gone to the more prestigious ballet school and then just swapped? Like just every weekend? No, they would just, t- then no. See, I didn't get accepted because there was a physical difference between. Oh, our, your twins are you're not the same looking twins. We look the same, but they would be able to tell by our dancing. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah. they, these guys are sticklers. Oh, big time! They it's don't very sleep on it. Prestigious school, huh? Okay, yeah. and they're they it's prestigious, and they have a twin security system. Yes, where they can determine who's sure. it. That's too bad. Yeah, you can't do any like it takes two shit. No, there. no hijinks. Like, yeah. I, no hijinks. I, I like the idea. Of, we weren't uh, fans of hijinks, oh, man. to be honest, when it came to being twins. There's nothing more uh, quintessentially Canadian than uh, ballet twin hijinks. I mean, that's what we're known for as a, a nation. I mean, I, my American listeners, I think we should tell them. Like, that's just yeah. what we're known for. So I'm surprised mm-hmm. that you stopped short. Yeah, uh, well, it was feeling this. a little bit obvious, yeah. So ballet, that's <laughs> difficult work. I mean, that's totally. that, that's about the hardest dancing one can probably it do. It was a lot of discipline at a young age. And why did you did you did you want to be a ballet dancer? Or was it uh, you know, I don't think so, but I do not regret it whatsoever. It gave me a lot of body awareness that I'm yeah. very appreciative of. Yeah, I mean, it was hard for sure, but I enjoyed it, and it gave me like a direction as a young person. Yeah, Does, do you call upon? That discipline or that training uh, from your ballet days now as a musician or anything else? Um, Not so much as a musician. When I was in the culinary arts, I found it like very helpful. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You were also in the culinary arts? Yes. Who are you? (laughs) Some kind of gourmet gourmet dancer? (laughs) Okay, so you went into the culinary arts after ballet? After high school, yeah. Where did you go? Did you go to school? I did. I went to George Brown College for two years. What kind of food were you after there? What were you, what were you making? What was your Oh, interest? it's just the classic. They just teach you like classic French mainly. It's not really like you don't learn how to be a cook really there. You just learn fundamentals. Like a Julia Child style thing going on. Is that what you're saying? It's kind of like that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then like I didn't I, mean yeah. to reduce George Brown College. They put just... you into the restaurants really early. Like I think it's in your second year you, you go do like a... Like a, a co-op apprenticeship, yeah, 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 yeah. and then uh, yeah, apprenticeship you're just, you is the fancy word. I said co-op. Right. That's where you learn 
most of what you need to know. Wow, that's a remarkable. And sorry, I don't mean you're you're younger than me. You're what are you in your twenties or something? I'm thirty one. Oh God, okay, yeah. we're we're all. Well, I'm, <laughs> oh God, oh, no, no, sorry, no, I didn't mean to put it that way. I yeah. felt badly that I thought you <laughs> that's were. That's how you feel. No, yeah, no, sure. no, it's great. I'm forty one. We're the, we're practically the, almost the same. No, no we're I not. didn't know we're, no, not. Actually, I, we're not. I'm a lot older. I'm older, and I'm sorry. Forty one. Uh, oh God, is that, do I seem old? I seem old no. now that I said it. No, I'm, no, no. That's an amazing. That's amazing. That's an amazing trajectory. So let me. I want to go back to Carlin because you've. That's a lot, and I need to process it before we get into how you got into music. Cool. So you met in high school. Mm-hmm. Carlin, is that, does that check out? <laughs> that checks out, uh, yeah. Okay, and what, what what were you doing in high school? I mean, it, I, top that. Top what <laughs> she said, because that was a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, did, I didn't grow up with as much discipline like that, but uh, I, I was doing visual art. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And were you, were you uh, did you pursue that beyond high school yeah i went to university like got a bfa okay yeah in mm. toronto i went to queens actually oh, in kingston so yeah. that okay i've talked about this on the show before that is one of uh i almost said one of guelphs because that's where i'm from but mm-hmm. I, it's an envy i have of queens it's like an ivy league school on some level in in canada right like queens they is, say. queens is considered uh highfalutin so you must have been good well <laughs> i mean well i i think i was i was pretty good but um, and you know, like Queens is like a good school, but you would be shocked to know how many dummies go there. <laughs> no, no, I've seen the uh, news. I've, yeah. I've read about. Yeah, you the, know, you know how like drunken revelry and and whatnot. It's yeah. not all uh, fine art students, as it were. But did it's you, actually very, very, very few fine art students. So it's also like a bit of a weird place to be what studying. Is, is art. It engineer? No, what's the primary? Like, Engineering is pretty huge there. There it is. Also, right. like you know finance and yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. So you've got a kind of snobbier element, conservative element. Yes, definitely, right. I think, a conservative element. Oh, okay. But I also, I mean, there's also, I met some really great people there, obviously. And we always do. Yeah. Whenever you end up in a bad situation, like a place like that, you meet the the people. Yeah, I think like. it was it was kind of cool in Kingston where, like, the art community was, and not just in Queens, but in, like, Kingston in general, was so small that we all met each other very quickly and kind of uh-huh. formed like this really kind of like committed group of people who wanted to make things happen all the time yeah. you know and it was like you know at every show there'd be like maybe 40 people tops but we were it was like 40 people going to like every show you know what i mean so like, you were more of an attendee when you were in like you would go to shows and help organize shows is that um like a little bit of that but i also played in a band oh, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. what was the band called we were called Madame Raz. Madame Raz, okay. We were, it was me, um, a different Amanda, Amanda Balsis. Two Amandas. Um, yeah. In your right. life. I, I like to keep it to strictly Amandas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's not your twin. There's a whole other thing going yeah, on there. No, okay. No. So different Amanda. Yeah. Um, and uh, Paul and Ben from P.S. I Love oh, You. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Those are good friends of mine, actually. Yeah. I like those guys a lot. They're okay. very talented musicians. Also... Uh, Paul, a uh, wonderful cook, uh, if I yes, might say. Yes, he's an amazing cook. Amazing yeah. cook. I don't know if, did you know that? Um, maybe. Maybe yeah. I did. Yeah. He's like, I he, he's, I've had him on various uh, of my, uh, when I worked at CBC and also on, on this podcast, I believe, if not, did we record that? At a long winter, he cooked. He exhibition cooked throughout the show. Mm. And at the end, we got to sample it. I wish I remembered what he made. But he also made me breakfast once. When I had a show where I used to eat breakfast with bands, and mm. he just made it, it was amazing. He's yeah. just a very gifted Yeah, he's, a, he's an amazing cook. Yeah, yeah, I love Paul. Okay, so, uh, and, and your visual art background, I assume, 
play some role in the ice cream aesthetic still? Are you for behind sure. that? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. For sure. What do you do for ice cream in terms of, I imagine album art? What else? Well, you know, we both like a lot of the like visual presence of ice cream is from the two of us. Uh-huh. But um, I've done videos. Oh, did okay. Our video for Doves Cry. And we have a video that's not out yet that will for uh, like the title track that um, I edited and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I think also it's more like sometimes I, I feel like I approach music maybe in the same way as like someone like David Byrne would approach music. I mean, that's not like the best example, but like bands that co- I feel like there is a difference in Whole, bands that I, come from like an art background holistically right yeah it's not just writing the songs it's a whole aesthetic conveyance right it's yeah. not just the music it's everything is a whole yeah did I did I sum this yeah. up yeah 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 okay yeah that, and like coming Byrne, at Byrne does that for sure David Byrne does that yeah yeah and I think coming at things like conceptually a lot of the time not just like like yeah you know, I think like like Amanda writes songs from like a like an emotional perspective, and like so do I. But sometimes I'm coming at it like like I would like a I'm thinking about it like I would think about an art piece. You know? Okay, okay. So what, wait, but what does that mean when you think of something as an art piece? I'm just trying to figure out the relationship you have to an audience when you're approaching things in this way, because there are certain things we make. And we know that they're going to be received by others. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a relationship you have as you're doing it. It's sort mm-hmm. of intrinsic. Mm-hmm. There's other things you do where you're like, you're just in the moment and you're expressing yourself and you're making it. Maybe no one will, else will experience it. You know what I mean? There's like, I mean, everyone has their own practice that way. Given what you both have done in your life, there's a certain public aspect mm-hmm. to what you're going to do. Uh, it's going to be people are going to eat your food. People are going to watch you dance. You know, mm-hmm. people are going to see your art. Do you think of the audience when you're thinking of ice cream holistically, or are you just expressing yourself for yourself on some level? Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Amanda? It's a big question. Yeah, I, we definitely take the audience into consideration. I mean, like in the simplest way, like performing is a big part of ice cream. Yeah. I was going to ask about the art aspect of the performance Mm -hmm. but please continue so we do like to play with the audience and we think about um you know different things that we do on stage to keep them engaged or feeling certain ways or like yeah yeah like yeah what sort of things do you do i'm just curious like maybe performative aspects of like our live show that add like a different layer to what the songs mean, you know? Hmm. Is there choreography? You have a dance. You have a dance background as well. There's not, no. <laughs> not choreography. No no, we do. We do dance, though. You know. Yes. But it's not choreographed. It's just. I mean, at this point, like we've we've kind of we have like a thing. Things that we do. Yeah. It was sort of like like They've developed if there over is, time. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like choreographed before. Organic. Yes. Yeah. Organic ice cream. Oh yeah. man. And this heck, is... it could change at any point. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. We've talked about, I mean, you've hinted, uh, Carlin, that uh, at maybe your, how you started playing music mm-hmm. a little bit, or at least you said you, you played when you were in school. But I, I want to kind of get at that origin story for both of you. Since you both have very interesting backgrounds, I'm just wondering how that led you to both um, playing music and also just being a fan. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and why don't we go back to Amanda? Do you remember how you got like, again? Lots, yeah, lots of stuff going so, on in your youth. Yeah, I um I started playing music in high school. It was Max Turnbull's birthday, and it was going to be at the Bain Co-op. And we, my um, so my friend Sienna came up with the idea to make him a song. Oh, for his birthday. Yeah. So okay. me, my twin sister, and my good friend Sienna DeCampo got together and we made a song for Max for his birthday and we performed it. And then we became a band <laughs> called Huckleberry Friends. And it was like an Huckleberry ex- Friends. Yeah, it was like an experimental three piece um, where I was playing the Moog Rogue. That's when I got it. That's when you got it. Yeah. Did you do you have a, a piano in your background or keyboards? No, you're just messing Nothing around. Nothing really. Nothing. No, remarkable, no. That's cool. Yeah. And we, yeah, continued the band after high school for about a year or so. And then uh, my my sister moved to Winnipeg. So do, you, do you want to credit your sister with, uh, you know, do you want to ascribe a name to her? Yes, her name's Hillary Christ. We've just been talking about her like she doesn't exist. She's your twin. She's my twin. She has a name. She yeah. has an identity. We have to give her some agency. So Absolutely. Hillary and you are in a band. Does she, did she get you into music? No, no. But what got you into it? Um, I think it was probably my high school experience. I mean, I always was around music. Yeah. I was a dancer, so it was just different kind of music. Right, of course. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was just kind of like getting into high school, meeting like-minded people and talking about things that we liked. And then, yeah, I got a taste for like indie music, I suppose. Okay. Which then moved into like noise. I, I liked a lot of noise music. So was Max kind of a lead figure in that regard? I would say he's a very prominent figure in that part, yeah. In high school? For sure. He was known as like a music guy. He was like a punk guy. Like definitely, you know, I don't think I knew who Patti Smith was right before him or like maybe even The Clash. So he But would- my dad, I mean like we all grew up with like dads with records yeah. Moms with records. Right. You know, they were around like Led Zeppelin. I was listening to sure. Pink Floyd. You know. Uh, yeah. Sort of rock. Mostly yeah. rock music. Yeah. But you but your choice of instrument was more synthesized. Yes. And that was largely because of a band I was obsessed with called Whirlwind Heat. I don't know that band. No one does. <laughs> I recently <laughs> just found them on Instagram. Are they still around? <laughs> I DM'd them. Um <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> you DM'd, what did you say, Whirlwind Heat? Whirlwind Heat, yeah. Okay. Did that the Where are they night. from? They were from Grand Rapids, Oh, you Detroit. D- you said you did this the other night? Yeah. Did they respond? <laughs> no, no. What did you DM them? <laughs> I said, is this actually Whirlwind Heat? Question mark. And then you hit send? And then I hit send. That's and then it? I said, I've been playing the Moog Rogue because of you guys. Oh, okay. You followed up. For, yeah. Okay. Still do. Or said I still play that because of you guys or something like that. Can you, I mean, obviously it'd be easier to hear it, but can you characterize the that instrument or the sound of it? What what appealed to you about that, the Moog Rope? I think I just thought they were really cool. So I Is was like, one, I'm going to get one of those things. I normally ask people where in the world they it's are. It's in my case. I'm not going to get it out. Where are we right now? What is this? What this is our jam space. This is your jam, jam space. Yeah. We're in Toronto. Yes. Jam space. Your stuff's all packed because you got to play a show, I assume. Yes. We're, we're, okay. All right. So you got into this, figured it out yourself, and singing? Where did the singing come from? That's a big leap. 
Oh, not really. <laughs> I always loved singing. That's as, it? As a young kid. Yeah. I mean, we were like experimental. So we were making like really weird stuff. We switched around our instruments. I also play bass guitar. Okay. And drums. I played in that band as well. And we just wrote our own little songs and sang them. Okay. All right. All right. No, I appreciate this. Carlin, same story. As I said, you mentioned that you were playing in a band, but how did you get... By the way, you're the guitar player, right? Yes, yeah. And you're one of our best guitar players. And when I say <laughs> us, I mean the world. You're a fantastic guitar That's, player. That's uh, an insane overstatement, but <laughs> I, think I appreciate it. I think you're great. Thank no, you. I think you're wonderful. I've seen you uh, in Darlene and Shrug. Is, I mean, it's great. It's all great. So uh, how did you start playing guitar? Do you, well, By the way, do you consider it to be your primary instrument? Um... Yeah, but I don't like I I use it less and less as like a writing tool. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know if that like changes it, but there's great guitar parts on this record. Yeah, I like them a lot. Thanks. And they're, uh, it seems like you're using the instrument as a texture thing, as much as a sort of lead, like you say, a songwriting thing. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of comes in and out a little bit. Maybe I don't know. That's mm-hmm. just my I'm making a generalized statement. But I is that fair to say? Like are you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like like certainly ice cream songs do not start with guitar. Actually, guitar is generally like sort of the last element that's put in. You know, I don't mean to sound uh, offensive this way, but it kind of sounds that way. Mm. It sounds like a most people use the guitar as the foundation. Mm-hmm. A lot of rock bands, it seems like a texture. Mm-hmm. The same way people might, we'll add a sax later, or we'll add a keyboard later. You know, we'll add right. a piano part. But the song is all really guitar, bass, and drums. Mm-hmm. This band's different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how did you start playing music? Um, I I mean, I had been playing music like as a kid, like piano lessons and stuff. But I started taking classical guitar when I was pretty young, like maybe like eight or something. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's right. but And then I uh, did that for a bit until like I was just basically begging my classical guitar teacher to teach me Beatles songs. And then she was like, listen... <laughs> Let's stop doing this. And then... Uh, <laughs> Let's stop doing this? Oh, because you were playing classical. Yeah, she uh-huh. was just like, I'm not going to teach you Beatles songs. So then I started playing electric guitar and took lessons and... Did you learn some Beatles songs? Uh, yeah, for sure. Learned Blackbird. As we're <laughs> speaking, knows. my son and I are taking guitar lessons together. Oh. And I've grown this mustache because our teacher taught me uh, how to play something by the Beatles. So oh, I'm trying to channel George, George Harrison. Yes, I don't normally wow. sport a mustache because I, I don't think it's a good look. But, and I don't think it works for me. However, <laughs> I feel like it's empowering me to learn how to play something. Yeah. The song no. something, not something. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I, I'm a big, uh, the Beatles were like a formative influence on my life from as long as I there's the first music I remember hearing was, mm-hmm. me was, too you too yeah. yeah parents probably yeah my mom yeah. yeah yeah me it's a cousin sometimes it's you. I don't know it's you maybe your sister I can't figure out where you're coming from with where you first heard music I don't know if you said did you Amanda no I don't think I did say well do you remember it's probably in the car with my dad okay and it might have been rock it was most definitely rock <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was like uh, uh, the Talking Heads were a big deal. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's cool. They're not normal rock. No, not really. Never no. were. Okay, no. okay. So you start playing. Uh, when do you start playing out, so to speak? When do you take it from lessons uh, uh, and, and start playing out, Carlin? When, when in high school as well? High school. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a band? I did. Yeah. What was it called? It was called Golden Ticket for some reason. 
golden ticket is that a euphemism for something what does that oh, mean god i hope not <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's just based on willy wonka um, oh okay yeah okay and what kind of music was it uh i don't know it was kind of like it's kind of like fun yeah there was like sort of funk aspects of it it started just me and my brother playing drums um and then we started playing with aaron fogel who still plays um saxophone with us now okay. she played saxophone in maybe some other stuff in that band and then um a woman named Catherine palumbo played bass okay so this was th- that's a re- weird sensation as a youth to have a band because you're really putting yourself out there. And mm. in retrospect, when I think about it, I was like frightened, mm. but exhilarated at the same time to get to play at your high school. It felt like a secret. You're practicing the whole time and no one really knows you do it. And then you play like, a, we called them coffee houses when I was mm. in high school. You just play like the night where they said, all right, you guys can do like a talent show. Mm. And uh, I still remember that. I have it. That sense memory has never escaped me. Do you have that? Do you remember? Um. Yeah. I mean, it was like we were lucky in that at our high school it wasn't that weird right of course you were you know, in an art then, high school yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are lots of other bands um right. and like at you know assemblies they would like somehow like uh work a concert into the assemblies that like people would like play right their bands okay would play. so you know there was like a lot of that happening but i definitely remember being nervous <laughs> yeah it's nerve-wracking but also, I feel like I was less nervous in high school than I ended up becoming in my sort of early 20s in a weird way. Oh, stakes were lower, maybe? Yeah, may, like maybe, or I was just like, mm. I don't know. I you, didn't, I you, don't know. It sounds like your school made it seem normal. And then when you went in the real world, you might have realized it wasn't. Yeah, or I think maybe also at that point, um, I was just playing guitar all the time. Yeah. And I don't think I had developed an imposter syndrome yet. <laughs> well, I, I remember distinctly... That's actually exactly what it that's is. That's interesting. Because I, I do remember expressing my nervousness to my friend Stephen Lamke, who we would play music together. And he just said something that has always stuck with me, that it's actually not a natural thing to do. Mm-hmm. When you really think about it, like it, it becomes something you normalize as a performer. But when you really think about it, not everyone gets up and thinks, look at me. I can make a noise and it's worth your time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's normal to be nervous. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a kind of an odd thing. Were you were you a nervous performer? Are you a nervous yeah, performer? Yeah, uh, not anymore really, but yeah, when yeah. I was that age, I like felt sick after oh, I yeah. played. Like I was like I have to go to bed now. It was like such an emotional strain. You would have had are they called yeah, did you have recitals as a ballet student? Oh yeah. A yeah, lot, performed right? a lot, yeah. So that must have that was nerve wracking as well, but it didn't help because that was like I was doing what I was told to do, and this was like me and what I created. Yes, yeah, so you asserted yourself. Yeah, right. Okay, very different. Mm-hmm. Okay, I appreciate all of this background info mm-hmm. on you guys because I don't really know it. Uh, let's talk about ice cream. Obviously, high school friends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you didn't play together in a, a band at that time. No, Mm-mm. no, no. Okay. They were too cool for me. <laughs> hey, that's true. <laughs> so, but you stayed in touch, your friends, obviously. When do you start working together as a musical entity? Do you remember? Uh, yes. Go ahead. Around Carl. like 2014. Um, Not that long ago. 
not th- not that long ago. It sort of feels both not long ago and very a long time ago. When yes. when you were in your twenties, I just want to put that on the record, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Just so we yeah. can call Before back we got to. Old. Oh come on! Anyway, um. <laughs> you were in your twenties and and you got back to you get you could, were you always friends this whole yeah. time? You yeah, never yeah. lost touch or anything. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. No, yeah. Okay. I mean, I was, like, living in Kingston for a bit. Right, but- of course. Um, but yeah, we've all, we had been friends the whole time. Okay. But, um, then I was living with Amanda's boyfriend at the time. Oh. So we were seeing a lot of each other. Okay. Okay. And then the creative spark happens when? I feel like we, around that time, we're spending just a lot of nights together listening to records and like bonding in that way, like on top of already like bonding in a friend way. And yeah, I guess it started when we made that country, country song, song that one night. You made it. You made a country song. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah, we made a country song together. It never was finished. Yeah, but we got an awesome hook. Yeah, out of it. Yeah. Um, what was the song called? Freewheeling. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now wait a minute. You said let's say that like it's a lie. What is it actually called? Oh no, we well, never, we just never had a title. Yeah, but that's, but that's a good. That's a very good title. Freewheeling. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, what inspired? Were you into country music at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Always been into country. Folk country music. Is that what you thought you might do? No. 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 I mean, I, we did that sort of just for fun, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was never like we, we never had big plans to be like a country duo. No. Phony drawl. Did you have a phony drawl? Uh, no, no, no. It was more pop country. Oh, it was a pop. It country. was pop country. Yeah, yeah Shania yeah. Twain, maybe. Yeah, okay, that. okay. Were you a big Shania Twain fan? Love Shania. Love Shania. She's good. Yeah. Undeniable <laughs> talent. <laughs> she's yeah. good. She was good. She's done a good job. Uh, yeah. She's kind of. Is she still doing stuff? I can't tell. She uh, seems semi-retired. Really, she was know. at an awards show performing the other day. I saw the mm-hmm. other day. Oh yeah, it was like not. Oh yeah, you're a right. Couple days ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that too. Mm-hmm. I heart music or something maybe or uh, one of those. Something like that. Anyway, let's not talk about tonight. <laughs> My point is, you, you start playing a, a country song, then what happens? You don't finish it, so there's something. No. But, but something's there. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we both just were like needing something and wanted to do something creative, and we're like, let's do that. Together. This is 2014. Yeah. So when does ice cream, as we now know it, start to take shape? I guess that actually 2014. I guess we probably, you know, this maybe happened early 2014 or like, I don't know, a bit before that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we started jamming uh, at 
my house and it was before we were in this space. So, uh, we had like limited space and limited gear. Uh Um, and I think initially like I was going to play the Moog Rogue and Amanda was going to play bass and we had like a drum machine that a friend lent us. And then we ended up just switching and I was playing bass and Amanda was playing the Moog and then that became like the first ice cream songs. Is there a reason that you decided you would be... It sounds like you've got uh, machines involved in your band, in mm-hmm. your music, rather. Um, that's a conscious choice, probably, to, uh, I'm sorry, eliminate people. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you've chosen yeah. to have some robots yeah. uh, involved mm-hmm. in your aesthetic. Was that for any particular reason? Did you want to contain it so that your expression was just your own? Like, Amanda, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. was it Was it? Was it like, this is ours... More people just going to muddy the water or complicate things. I think we we were like sort of considering having other people like a drummer or yeah, something, yeah. but it just never, we just started writing and it just got rolling that way. And we we're like, why? It doesn't seem like we need that. So mm-hmm. we never did. And, and now I'm, I'm really thankful we didn't. It's really easy to travel. Okay. The two of us. Right. We have, you know, just the right amount of gear that we can get places quite easily. Yeah. Um, and it's still, so it's still to this day, primary. Someone was here when we when I got here, and mm-hmm. they were leaving. Who was that? Uh, that's Evan. He he shares the space. Oh, with us. oh he yeah. wasn't. He was. He's not playing. No, he no, playing. Okay, okay. no. Uh, I know Evan from drumming in lots of different bands. Yeah, he's crazy talented. Yeah, very good drummer. But you don't need him. Screw that guy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Evan. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So. What is the the new album is wonderful. It's called Fed Up. Uh, how many records has Ice Cream released up to this point? Just one, one prior. Yeah, and There's a tape, a tape, and an album. Mm-hmm. This one seems at some point in this conversation, one of you said you were listening to. Oh no, you were saying your Moog Rogue is early. No, were you were you talking about listening to music from the early eighties? I can't remember. One of you was saying something like that. Mm. Pop music maybe from the early eighties? Or maybe mm. it was just, I don't think we got there yet. No. We didn't get there? Okay. No. Let, let's get there. Let's get there. <laughs> maybe one of you mentioned Prince or Doves Cry. I'm 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 just well processing everything at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is a certain aesthetic to this album in particular that reminds me of people like Prince. Uh, is that fair to say? Is he an influence? Yeah, pretty huge. Okay. Because we've only really talked about rock music. Mm-hmm. And now you're making what I think is very lush and wonderful pop mm-hmm. music. What's the evolution there? Is the previous ice cream stuff that we haven't, like we're not, we're talking about fed up, but is the previous ice cream stuff similar to what you've done here or is this an evolution? Um. I think it's similar, like, thematically. Um, And there's some, like, you know, we're using just drum machines on both of them. So there's, like, that that makes it sound similar, but... Sonically similar, but thematically not? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, No, thematically thematically similar. And and sonically somewhat similar, but... um, but also pretty different. Like, I'm I'm just playing bass on the first record, uh, Mm -hmm. except for one song. So like kind of having the more like guitar heavy vibe and we branched out to like a bunch of different drum machines. So mm-hmm. kind right. of opened different it sounds. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what inspired this change, so to speak? Is it just experimenting? Amanda? I think it's just, um, just, you know, a evolution and being in a band like, you know, you do one record, you don't want to do that record again. So you just, Yeah. 
we just started playing with different things. Yeah, you evolved. The computer came in more so this time, like Ableton, like the endless world of that. And Carlin is really talented at putting those things together. We talked about Ableton on the show before. Lots of people are using it. What does it actually do? What is Ableton? It's recording software. Yeah. um, And they have like a bunch of digital instruments. Um, I mean, most people, I mean... It's like a, a souped-up uh, garage band or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's got and it's like often used for like electronic music, I think. But colorful keyboard or, or, or interface, right? All the uh, buttons kind of light up. Um. Uh, yeah. If you use their like MIDI controller. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Which I, I like. We we use it as like a a kind of a writing tool mostly, mm-hmm. and it, like Ableton is just kind of the most user friendly I find out of like Ableton or Logic or. Right. Um, it's just like really easy to figure out how to use it we're so close to me getting an ableton sponsorship for this podcast right now <laughs> i really want one I want them it's to... an important tool yeah for, for it just keeps coming up yeah because you can you can essentially record as you go yeah as opposed to like waiting to get somebody else to do that for you right mm-hmm. so yeah it's when you don't have a lot of money it's beautiful okay I don't mean to be reductive in this, but we, like I, I was trying to hint at this, and I apologize for clumsily trying to articulate this, but we mostly talked about rock music on some level. This is a kind of rock music that you're making on Fed Up, but mm-hmm. it's also, like I say, it's more of a synthesized pop thing. Does this mm-hmm. speak to, and I feel like, I, I think I know the answer to this. I feel like it speaks to a certain sound happening right now, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you've done something very unique with it. Why do you suppose this kind of aesthetic is appealing to you right now this highly synthesized kind of pop sound as opposed to a rip roaring darlene shrug you know <laughs> kind of classic rock almost sound um can you speak to that i'm yeah, just curious we're both huge pop music fans and i think we want and always have wanted to make pop songs so hooks hooks choruses choruses yeah yeah Mm-hmm. It's not Melodies. it's not meant to be an insular thing. You you want people to get into this and, mm-hmm. and want, we it want to resonate. people to groove and relate. Mm-hmm. Groove and relate. That's a great that's a great expression. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. I want someone to groove and relate. It sounds like <laughs> I don't know that just sounds like something the doctor would tell you to do. <laughs> um, but <laughs> <laughs> you go home and groove and relate, and then call me in the morning. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think also like I think it that sound was a little bit dictated by just using Ableton as like a writing tool or also like using and the, like the Moog and the Korg as writing tools and drum machines. Like it's just no matter what, it's going to be that kind of sound and it's easier to, and more immediate to kind of like create a skeleton for a song with like MIDI instruments or synthesizers or then like, recording like a guitar with drums no and, totally like, you know. I, and i'm not i'm just asking a curious question i'm mm-hmm. not i'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do it's just i like traject i like figuring out where people are mm-hmm. where they came from and how they got here and that's kind of what i do so stop judging me i'm doing my best <laughs> oh it wasn't not no, yeah, okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm just i, I just lashed out i'm <laughs> sorry so <laughs> lyrically you mentioned uh, uh carlin you mentioned something about thematic similarities between the ice cream records Lyrically, are you both working on every song? Is one person taking the lead in terms of writing? Um, whoever's singing it writes the lyrics. Mostly, yeah. Mostly, yeah. And what's the, is there a even distribution of that singing, writing? Or does one of you tend to do more? Um, I'm not trying to start trouble. 
No. I'm I just think, asking honestly. I think the Carlin for sure a little bit more. Is it something you vet together? Like, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. What are you saying? What are you talking about? Did you just say groove and relate? You can't write that in a song. What are you doing? Like, do you have that kind of discussion about a, a uh, lyric? No. no. no we, work, we work on things together quite a bit, but we also work separately sometimes. Okay. And like, yeah, I think often with us, we've said this before, it's like we kind of both just know what's happening in the songs and where they need to go and what... Mm needs to be said and if there's like a line that's weird we usually both agree and mm. then work on something else maybe you're the twins we have so we think about that sometimes because mm. my sister what my twin sister was living in winnipeg and i you know we started saying the same things at the same time oh god all the time it's crazy instinctual yeah. chemistry type things mm-hmm. happening yeah. okay i'm gonna i don't again i was trying to say i don't want to start trouble but mm-hmm. I'm going to ask each of you to do something because Uh-oh. you're both writing in this band. Mm-hmm. I want you to kind of try to characterize the other's songs on Fed Up. I, I just want to ask you if you see an overarching conceptual connection, interconnected aspect to each other's songs. Mm. This is going to be fun. I can't wait to do this. So what? Um, I don't understand. So, Amanda, I want you to think of Carlin's songs yeah. on this record and sort of generally characterize them. Do you feel like... She's talking about anything specific. Do you feel like she's coming from a particular place with her songwriting on this record? It's called Fed Up, which is loaded enough. So I just wonder what's going on. Right. I mean, yes. I I it, find this difficult. I can, I can do you it, first. I can okay, do you okay first. yeah, this is going to be like, fun. Yeah. Sorry, I, again, not meant to start trouble. I just, mm-hmm. I think it's... I don't think you're going to start any trouble. Oh, I yeah. feel I'm like... Worried. <laughs> I think what I've found in this work is that people in bands seldom talk about what they're doing Mm. and you just said that amanda you're like we don't really talk about it it just sort of happens Mm. well that's not true either we do talk about it no no Mm -hmm. but i mean it might not be uh, articulated in such a way so i Mm -hmm. hope that this is this is not a therapy session (laughs) but i hope or counseling but i just hope i just think it's interesting to share perspectives on things like Mm -hmm. this so why don't you go ahead carlin what what do you make of amanda's songs here well i don't know if this is just on specifically fed up or if I just know kind of like Amanda's songwriting, like in a general way, but I feel like even when the songs are like poppy songs, Amanda like encapsulates a real like rock and roll spirit. Yeah. A lot of the songs are about like wanting like freedom. I mean, at least, you know, like Amanda, Amanda wrote the like chorus a chorus, I guess if there's not even really a chorus on fed up, but like the, the lines in fed up that I think kind of are sort of the like thesis of a lot of the record, like just wanting to be kind of like wanting your body to be sort of like obliterated, wanting to feel free, wanting to like be spiritually free or something. Yeah. But, and being like kind of frustrated with the world, like in a very, like, that's just rock and roll to me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of what rock and roll is. Yeah. No, that was well well said. Yeah. That's not, I mean, again, we're generalizing about many different songs. I'm sure they go in many different directions. Yeah, but. and I'm trying to think like, yeah, I think that applies. I, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you, do you, <laughs> Fine, I'll play now. <laughs> now that you see how the exercise is going to work, yeah. what do you think? Well... That helped me get on track. Carlin, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm not the best question asker sometimes. (laughs) So I'll say that I noticed Carlin's writing to be quite visual Mm. in that, you know, peanut butter. Well, peanut butter was a physical experience written from 
mm-hmm. a physical experience, but also um, peanut butter as a metaphor is interesting. An observation, mm-hmm. yeah. And like same with doves cry. That was sort of like maybe like um, the you know like that song was derived from like frustration with advertisements and like maybe how yeah i see i hate this exercise no <laughs> it's a good one you have to finish it i have, I to, have to hear this you mean like again. the way the way adver- yeah sorry i am okay. i'm prof- i'm professorial that's what it is uh, i'm a distinguished uh. professor no i mean i think i know where you're coming from a little yeah. bit in terms of advertising kind of controlling the way people think they should think. Yeah, I guess I, yeah. I guess what Carlin I see notice like notice writes about is like art quite often, right? As well, and the commodification and weaponization of art. Mm-hmm. That was good. See, I know Thank what you. I'm talking about. <laughs> see, I yeah, can't speak professor. that well. So no, no, this is a I difficult can't. exercise. I'm for an, me. I'm an idiot. You should know this right away. I, I'm just making <laughs> stuff up as I go along. That's why I come and talk to people so I can learn oh, how nice. to be a, a real human. Mm. I downloaded an app for that. <laughs> What's the app? Dictionary.com? Uh, oh, no. It's called. Um... <laughs> Shit, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing so well. Okay, yeah. all right. No, I appreciate. I, it was a hard question. Don't. It's a don't hard question. Like, it is. Who sings uh, and wrote Bun Roo? That's uh, Amanda. That was me. What is that song about? My wife was. Are they saying horticulture in the chorus? My wife was trying to figure. Subordinate, it. subordinate culture. Subordinate culture. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, it was me trying to explain sort of like a like a like a throwaway type experience that people live um when they're like maybe below the poverty line yeah well it makes more sense now that i know that you're saying subordinate culture Mm -hmm. okay uh it was just sort of a song that i made up a character who made like i think it came from an experience that i had in the states at a gas station this woman and her two kids were trying to buy gas and asking for money and i was just like are they like fleeing something right you know like yeah just a song about wealth and the um unfair distribution of it and how that is really difficult to change this is a politically charged band on some level. You've got pop hooks, but there's some serious stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. That's my that's my jam. That's exactly what I like in music, you know, <laughs> and art. So I, I appreciate that. Album's great. Um, I thank you for chatting with me about it and yourselves. It means a lot. Uh, what's next for Ice Cream, so to speak? I mean, I, how long were you working on this record, by the way? I assume a while. Um. Yeah, it's been it was done for a while. So okay, it's been done a while. Yeah. Too. So do you are you working on a follow up? Yeah, I mean that's that's basically what's next is we want to just write the next record. How far into that are you? It's a weird thing, but we we're learning about when bands put out a record, it maybe takes a year or two for the label to be like, okay, we'll put it out, and by that time, you've already moved on mm-hmm. <laughs> in some ways. Uh, how far into a, a next batch of songs are you? Um. We've got like, I don't know, I feel like four songs. Yeah. But I feel like spiritually, spiritually, uh-huh. we're quite far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter Physically, of... 
Yeah. We're at the very early stages. Yeah, sonically, okay. very early stages. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I look forward to this. Where can people go to learn more, who are listening, go to learn more about ice cream? Because like I said earlier, hard band name to Google. Yeah. Delicious hard band name to, to Google. Where would you send people to learn more about ice cream? Uh, well, they can go to our Instagram. <laughs> I've gotten this a lot more these days. Yeah. People telling every, me and my listeners to go to Instagram. What's your Instagram? Uh, it's at ice cream, but ice cream is spelled I-C-E-C-R-E-E-E-A-M-M-M. Okay, that's easy. That yeah. was good. We can figure that out. Did you hear all that of us? Clearly, I said that. That was too. very eloquent. Yeah, if I might say. Okay, that, is that the best bet to learn about ice cream? What um, the music's obviously out on all the things, the platforms. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Do you got a band camp? We do. Yeah. Is the album out on vinyl? Yes. Oh gosh, I want one of those. Okay, <laughs> I might order one myself. So just look up. There's got to be another band called Ice Cream on Bandcamp. There is an, a San Francisco ice cream, unfortunately. That sounds delicious. San Francisco ice cream? <laughs> I bet it's great. Yeah, they're but probably doing well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on... The, okay, so people can find you on, on Bandcamp as well somehow. They just have, Did you spell your name differently on the Bandcamp? Uh, no, it's, it's the same, but I... You know, if you Google Ice Cream Band Toronto... Right. There, there you go. Us. Okay, yeah. perfect. All right. Yeah. Uh, is there a song from the record that we can go out on that I can play for people? I mean... And if so, can you choose one? Oh, I was going to say you should choose no, one. No, no, no. I like to get the... I find it insightful when the guest chooses. I mean... I Look was, at you. You've been scowling at me for the last 15 I'm minutes. Thinking. Okay, you're I thinking. thinking. Everything I say, I feel like I got to scowl and I no, feel no, badly. No, 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 no. It's because no. I made you do that exercise. Yeah, I'm mad about that, but we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to pick the song? Ooh, why don't you just play Fat Up? Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say, too. Now, why is that? Why did you pick that one? Well, it's our title track. and yeah. Who wrote this one? It was a very collaborative song. Yeah, this one was pretty joint. Perfect. Yeah. Do you have a want to offer any insight behind the music on Fed Up? What is the song? What, what, what inspired this song, would you say? It was partially inspired by the experience of being like a performer and a woman oh. and being like the experience of being like looked at. Right. Objectified. Yeah. But then also sort of like, yes, that. And then also on top of that kind of the experience of being like trapped in the the way the world is set up, you know, being trapped in life. I don't think uh, we talk a lot about how we live in this kind of surveillance state, but I don't think most particularly men can really relate to how voyeuristic um, the uh, role of women ends up being. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really fucked up. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I have no, I have no place to say anything other than I'm sorry. (laughs) It sucks. (laughs) Like, I mean, the more you talk to, women in particular you're like jesus like what the hell mm-hmm. the stuff they've just accepted um again uh i don't understand it i'm sorry uh, <laughs> i i feel badly and i uh, uh i will say um sometimes i talk to women who are musical performers and they say things are getting a little better like you know there seem to be more um non-white men sound people and fewer white men to deal with on some level and that helps things do you feel that is it getting a does it feel a little better or is it still a a drag no i think in our community for sure it's it's much better yeah um 
I don't know what it's like, you know, when you get to like stadium level stuff or no, I can't see on it being... huge labels right. if it is all that different. But for sure, like I think it's a little. little... It, it it also depends on who you are choosing to work with, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And like you know, our our experience, I don't think it's been like particularly bad or anything. It's just like kind of like it's kind of normal and then I I guess also like performing being like this weird like heightened version of being looked upon but then also a really amazing space to then like flip that yeah Yeah, it's empowering in a way yeah yeah so like I think that was sort of the origins of fed up and it, it it also talks about like other things but okay no that's this is this is great okay this is the title track from the excellent new ice cream record fed up which is out everywhere now, and one of the best records of 2019, if I might say. Wow. Thank you. That's uh, so nice. Amanda, Carlin, thank you so much for your time, and best of luck with everything going forward. Yeah, thank thanks you so, so much, Vish.
Special thanks again to Amanda and Carlin of Ice Cream for appearing on this, the 510th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the E1 Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on things like Spotify and Audio Boom and YouTube as well. YouTube. I, I might have said YouTube. That's where we're all headed. YouTube. Oh, man. That was dark. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for on any of those platforms, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit the newly redesigned vishkana.com. I spent some time trying to upgrade my website a little bit, and I think it's better. There's a lot of stuff on I really went to town on the freelance journalism section, which I had been neglecting for... I don't know, six years. So all the writing I've done is, most of the writing I've done is there. I'm still updating it. It's a lot of work. Anyway, vishkana.com for more info about me and the show. You can like Creative Control on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at vishcreative or follow me directly at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. I also need to get some of my exclusive content for patreon uh, uh supporters up so i'm going to do that this week as i'm speaking to you uh anyone who pledges or donates rather six dollars or more to our patreon has access to uh, some exclusive content and i need to get some more of that up this week and i will i'm not sure what yet i'm gonna look through the archives and find out what might be interesting uh for you and for me so again patreon.com slash creative control for more information about all that stuff Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to Jim Guthrie uh, for letting me use some music on the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode and subscribing to the podcast and telling your friends, all of them, to do the same. I, I hope they like something about it. There's lots of episodes to go through. You know, if you got time to kill, listen to the show. And if you don't have time to kill, still listen to the show. It's a good use of your time. It's not just for killing the time. It's for enlivening, enlivening the time. If, okay, I, I, I've said too much. I have to go. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 